We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu fresh two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy, and their hamburger even won the Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. Everybody wants to get in on this. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics or hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com, that's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10 percent off your order plus any orders over two hundred dollars get you free shipping again use code dnvr10 check them out today and we promise you will not be disappointed DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We got AJ back on the show today joining Rudo and Evan. Let's let's start the show with our DraftKings pick of the week. AJ, Evan, does Tampa win one, two, or zero in Montreal? <laughs> I think they win one. They win one from Evan. AJ? I'll go with two. AJ picking the sweep. Let's let's get this over with. Just be done. Just be done. So head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook, and you can pick the exact score of the series. I think you can do pretty well on uh, picking the, the 4-0 sweep right now. If you go with Tampa to win both in Montreal, you can pick in five and six. However you want to do it, you can also bet on individual games. So drop over there. Bet on Montreal if you're a crazy person. Also an option if you think they are going to win one of these games you can do pretty well on that one as well get over there use code dnvr when you sign up for a new account with DraftKings sportsbook get in on, on the amazing odds boosts that they have every single day as well as their one for 100 bet over in the nba 100 dollars paid out in site credits again they have every bet under the sun that you could basically imagine over there uh, Jump on it. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. DraftKings Sportsbook. Yep. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the DNVR code. Check out DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right. 
So, we'll get into underrated players. Well, you know what? Actually, the news of the day, I think you can make an argument that Victor Arvidsson is maybe underrated, given that he just got traded. I mean, would you pay a second and third round pick? Is that undervalued, I guess? Uh, Well, I mean, I think the trade from Nashville's perspective is horrible, yeah. But I... You're also talking about a guy that hasn't been very good the last couple of years, so you know. For things things to balance, I guess. For the record, Nashville traded Arvinson to Los Angeles for a second and third round pick is the trade that has happened today. So as as Spencer has super chatted us, mm-hmm. uh, it is apparently trade season. Um mm-hmm. it's because bonuses are paid today and now everyone We'll take on money. Yeah, that's true. All all uh, financial signing bonuses do get paid on July first. So it's Canada Day. Hey, I was uh, I made a comment today to Z. I was like, "All these people should be at work anyway," and she's like, "Babe, it's Canada Day." <laughs> I was like, "You right? My bad." <laughs> I mean, I haven't talked to her at all. We're in quarantine. Canada Day confirmed underrated. I, I wouldn't know, man. I wouldn't know. I'm in quarantine. I'm. <laughs> it, it must feel empty up there because this is usually free agency day, and it's not happening. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, there were some fireworks last night. That was fun. Playing the fireworks or gunshot game is. Oh, I know that game well. Yeah, it's it's always it's always a fun one at midnight where you're like, <laughs> which very different reactions here. Yeah, uh, d- depending on what what which one we decide it is. Once you well, I guess I don't know. Does is Z's dog cool with fireworks? Um, seems just has not shown any reaction so far good so i guess we'll we'll see he's he's asleep right now next to me because rex uh rex hates it and so that they're all they're all gunshots in my apartment now basically (laughs) that's where you're at with them but anyway arvidson to la as chat is kind of alluding to here is this the start of the uh, the come up for LA? Have they decided the rebuild is is starting to push towards contention? Well, um, I have a million picks. Yeah, well, when we talked about them, you know, I said they were they're the team to watch in Eichel. They went into this offseason with the expectation of they wanted to revamp their top six. Just kind of a strange approach, given that's where the strength of their much vaunted prospect system lies is all in forwards and almost not at all on defense. Um, so it's kind of kind of weird. I think this is a good value play for them because Arvidsson is a he's a solid player and at, at four two five, you know, even if he doesn't bounce back to the thirty goal guy that he was for those three years. Uh, when he was like at the height of his powers, right? Uh, if he, even if he doesn't get all the way back to that, and he just gives them twenty goals, 
that's such a boost for a team that I mean we saw them the last two games of the season. They didn't score. They weren't too deep. Like they 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 just didn't have any offensive jump at all. You know, and, and now they're 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 coming. Like they you have to expect, you know, the Quentin Byfield and Alex Turcott and and Arthur Kaliev and Akil Thomas, like all these all these guys are on the way, right? Like these these guys are on the way. So it's weird that they would drop Arvidsson kind of in the middle of that, but I don't necessarily think that this is a, all right, well, they've given up on some of their kids. I think this is just a buy low opportunity, uh, which is why I don't, I don't get it from Nashville. Why would you trade a guy that's on a good contract like this? After um, one of his worst seasons. Yeah. Right, when his when his value is going to be at its, at its lowest like this. Uh, it's just strange. Um from a Nashville perspective, but I I like it from what the Kings did. Victor Arvidsson's a good player. If he can stay healthy, which has kind of been his issue, if he can stay healthy, he's he's a good he's a good player. Yep. Uh, the one thing about the Kings is I would say they're generally a slow team, so Arvidsson is a little bit of a change of pace for them. I do like it from them because they have multiple picks, like they have extra picks that they can get rid of and they're kind of using them this is them using those assets to get a player that is going to be around for a few years so um i'm i don't hate the trade for nashville as much as you guys because i think arvidsson is slowly falling off because of just the way he plays like he is a small guy who goes balls to the wall and i think that's starting to catch up with him a little bit um and i also think that there are other factors that play here and that nashville was I think Nashville's ownership is saying we got to get rid of some money here because we're a very average team. And I don't think any team's taken Duchesne, Johansson, those guys. So they're trying to cut some salary somewhere. So they definitely had an expansion problem. Um, they still, they still do have an expansion problem, but moving him just for picks is fine. It helps with that a little bit. It just seems like, a second, one year, and a third the next year. It just doesn't feel like a lot. But he also hasn't been very good lately, so I guess it's not fair to ask for much more than they got. I also think you have to take into consideration that, considering the flat cap, they didn't have to retain anything. Like I think yeah. the idea of a team taking on four point whatever he makes, Two five. we're not going to see that very often this summer. Like The fact that they were able to get rid of that entire contract, maybe that limited the draft picks, I guess, or limited the ability to get maybe like a late first or something like that, or better <laughs> picks. Well, and, and L.A., like, this is what L.A. is going to do this year. They they were going to use their cap space aggressively uh, for them to for them to get it. A guy like Arvidsson, I think this is a really solid deal for them. I just, they get, they get a good player. Um, it's not a long contract, just three more years. It expires uh, when he's thirty-one, so it's not like it's not like they bought a really bad aging period. Um, and and at three years, none of their like next like big wave of contracts, you know, the if those guys that I mentioned earlier do work out, the, those won't start. So, um, I the, to me, I, this is a really smart bet. This is a really good play from the Kings. Uh, from the Predators, I I think it just kind of continues the who who are they conversation, 
what's their goal? Because they've been spending a lot of money in the last couple of years to get worse results every season. And I'm just not sure. Uh, I'm, I'm just not sure where that franchise is headed. Are they competing? Are they rebuilding? Are they retooling? They're, they're so old now, you know, like they're, they're all of their, their guys. They're not Dallas old, but all of their guys are in an, in that age range where you're Dallas old. Yeah. Like they, they've got to, they've got to like, they're all, they're all right there. 30 years old. You know, Yossi is 31. Ellis is 30. Ekholm is 31. Duchesne is 30. Johansson is 28. Forsberg is 26, but about to go into UFA in a year. So it's like, and this this group just hasn't accomplished anything. Yep. Like the Predators haven't done anything with what on paper you're like, this is this should be a good team. But they're they've got so much money committed to these guys. To it's yeah. The problem is so many of those dudes are overpaid for what they're providing. It's the opposite of underrated players in Nashville. <laughs> They overrated a bunch of dudes who are good players. Don't get me wrong, but they're just not worth what they're getting paid. Uh, as the ten dollars a at a time yacht fund is probably uh, is probably not getting value for us either. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't I don't know. We've been live for twelve minutes. Not I don't know why I gave an extra hour to you there. I'm looking at L.A. Yeah, they seem like they could make some. Because didn't after the year, I think Dowdy and Kopitar both kind of like were like, "Hey, we need to do something here." For yeah. Whether or not they should, the organization probably has to be smarter than just like listen to Dowdy, especially. But um, <laughs> they are in a position where they can probably take on some money and get some good players, maybe at a cheaper value because of the cap situation for some teams. Like we talked about with the Avs the other day, they can't really do that because of their cap situation, but L.A. might be a team that can. Yeah, to your guys' earlier point, they still have a pick in every single round except for the seventh in this upcoming draft, and they have two-thirds. So, And they are pretty much have a full roster with like $13 million in cap space. So they're, they can do something else if they really wanted to. Yeah. That... Uh... Cycle starts to look a little bit more real for sure for them when you look at that cap space number. But does Winnipeg even have water? <laughs> Bro, there's a there's a river that runs right through the middle of the city. Uh, yeah, but you don't put a yacht on a river, do you? I mean, you don't put a yacht in the behind a bar <laughs> That's either. Fair. That's fair. Definitely fair. <laughs> 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 the parking right lot the bar. Yeah. <laughs> you have to uh, build the yacht there. You can't get it there any other way. <laughs> okay. Uh, we do need to take our first period break here as we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Yes, just told you guys about our pick of the week. It's a great option. Highly recommend you do that. But you can also use DNVR to sign up for a new account. Get that one for $100 bet in basketball. That is. You sign up for that. You get $1. All you have to do is put $1 into your account to make a bet. 
And if the basketball team that you pick wins their next game, you get $100 in site credit to bet on whatever you want. That's like, when you think about that, that's like a solid dent into the yacht fund. 100 bucks right there that you get to play with that you can turn into even more money by making other smart bets on DraftKings. Their app is the best sportsbook app in the market. So go download it on your phone right now. You can bet from anywhere in the world. Their live betting is what I highly recommend these days in the summer because all I do is sit around and, and watch the Rockies lose games. But hey, they do throw first pitch strikes a lot. So make some money while you're feeling the pain of the Rockies bullpen. That's all I'm going to say about uh, the Rockies. They're also super safe and secure and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw as you see fit whenever you want with them. So head on over there. Bet on something weird. If you're feeling if you're feeling fun, you can bet on uh, the Tour de France for another massive crash or something. Uh, anyway. They found, that that bet? they found her. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, they, they they like arrested her, right? No, they just like they just like you're free. Like they, they tracked her down and then nothing happened. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought the, the Tour de France owners were, like, suing her or something. They dropped the charges. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I wouldn't drop the charges if I was one of the cyclists. I'll leave it at that. Clearly, I missed something awesome. You didn't see it? <laughs> oh, man. The first day of the Tour de France, this <laughs> fan, like, stuck her sign out in the middle of the race and caused, like, a 60-person pileup. <laughs> And all it said was, "What? Like, yeah, just, I think the sign just translated to like high grandma or something yeah, like yeah. that." <laughs> <laughs> she what? Just, she ghosted. She disappeared yeah, for she like a week, and they just found gone. her. <laughs> just Google it. It'll, you'll you'll see it. Wow. Uh, anyway, don't get into a sixty-person pileup on a bike. Bet on DraftKings mm-hmm. Sportsbook instead. Uh, y'all know the deal. Twenty-one or older. Colorado only must turn the $1 into $100 into site credit. Cdraftkings.com uh, slash sportsbook details. Again, gambling Chrome call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to you all by Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD infused coffee, which you can now get 25% off when you use code DNVR25 on your first purchase and 20% off when you use their subscription service basically for life. You can also try it cold brew it down at the DNVR bar, which you should come on down as a member next time. Sign up for a DNVR membership. Get yourself a free shirt. Get yourself discounts, bigger beers, access to the DNVR lounge in the off season, where we're always chatting hockey in the Avalanche channel. Highly recommend. You know, we like to think we're cool people. We like to think our community is cool people. If you want to chat like the YouTube chat does every day, all day, all the time, that's what the DNVR lounge is for. So, yeah, come hang out with us. Get yourself a DNVR membership. The annual one, again, gets you a bunch of free stuff. Check us out. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, All right. I want to start with Colorado when we are talking about underrated players. And I think it it may well be fair to say that there are no underrated players Mm -hmm. on Colorado anymore, at least not heavily. Going into the season... Look, you have guys like Sam Gerrard. You have guys like Devon Taves, who I think it was fair to say were underrated. But given, especially in the regular season, the performance that the Avalanche defense put out there, Taves finished 11th in Norris voting, I think. He's not underrated anymore. He got three votes for the Norris. Like, three people put him in, a, in the top five of the NHL. Yeah. 
So hard to hard to make that guy underrated, but you know, at the start of the season, it was not someone that I think would be on many people's top pairings. Then you have Gerard, which look recency bias. I think a lot of people are pretty hard on him given his weak play against Vegas in the playoffs, which is fair. Yeah, struggled struggled against Vegas. But totally, on, totally fair to say. On the whole, I don't think he is as underrated as he was before as well. He was uh, last year I think we we pegged him as the most underrated player on the Avalanche. Does that hold true still or or do you think he he's living up to expectations? He could... I think he's starting to get recognition. He was in the regular season, that's for sure. Yeah, when McCarr was hurt, for sure, there was a lot of Gerard love. Um, Gerard got—I don't—I didn't mention this on Twitter, but he got two votes, by the way, for the All Star team. Yep. So somebody, somebody, two two people had him as one of the four or five-ish best defense in the NHL. Yep. It's. The age of lack of recognition in Colorado is seemingly over for the most part. Um, Looking at chat here, I see Berkey getting mentioned. I see Grubauer getting mentioned. Those are Uh, tough sells after the playoffs they just had. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Well, the guy I was going to say, especially now, considering everyone wants to get rid of him, is Godry. Like, people seem to want to get rid of him. We kind of missed him a lot in the playoffs, and... I think as a second line center, you're going to have a hard time finding a better one just it, sitting around. We, we talked about, you know, three quarters of the way through the regular season in the middle of his drought, when people were hammering Kadri, he was scoring at his career average rate. Yeah. So there may be a little bit of underrating there. I do think on Kadri for sure. Um, but it, you know, his season is so hard to settle up though. It is because we were so frustrated watching him at the end of the regular season when he wasn't scoring and the start of the season. You remember the start of the year, like there were so many frustrations with that second line because it took them a solid two or three weeks until they really kind of found their footing together. Yep. And they just, it just wasn't very good. Like they, they just weren't great together. And then they caught absolute fire, and that that line was awesome for missed for a while there. Yeah, I mean it was it was a solid month and a half where that line was just rolling, and then obviously Kadri in the postseason, uh, you know, when you get thrown out at the end of game two and you don't play again, like you don't really have much of a chance to make your mark in a positive way, um, and the mark that he made was very negative. So it's really. I don't know. It's Kadri. Kadri had a complicated season, um, but the people that are quick to throw it aside and say he's got to go. I mean, look, I'm I'm open to the idea of moving on, but there has to be an answer, not more questions in that spot. You have to. You have to. You you are still a team trying to win a Stanley Cup next year. You're not looking to take a big step back. And if the smartest option for them is to is to run it back with Nazem Kadri, then that's what they should do. 
if they can find if they can if they can move his hit the last year of his deal and they can get decent value out of it and they can replace the that role with with a good player that that can actually fill that job then great you know i'm open to those to those solutions but it just just prioritizing getting rid of Kadri is not, I don't think it's not smart business. Um, It's perfectly acceptable if they just keep him and then he leaves next year in free agency. That would be perfectly okay. That's a a totally fine result. But you're, you're hoping at that point that new hook is ready for that job. Yeah. This is what we talked about while you were gone is yeah, maybe you trade Kadri, but you can't trade him without, having some sort of backup plan like yeah you can't go in with an with you uh, look you just can't go in with alex newhook in that job because if it doesn't work then you have left yourself with no avenue and if you want to try and make a deal in season look money is still going to be hard to move it's it's just going to be even harder to do because teams are going to want to wait six months and see how they're how things go before they get you know, before they get antsy to move move pieces around again, it's they're 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 really not in a bad spot with Kadri. They 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 just have to resist the temptation to overreact in on either way um, to what happened. I don't think doing absolutely nothing is acceptable. They should try and guard against uh, future stupidity in the postseason as best they can. Because it's obvious that they just didn't have the tools to just replace him. Just, oh, well, replace him. But I I mean, we saw encouraging things out of Alex Newhook. But we didn't see, oh, he's ready to take on a second-line center job in the NHL kind of encouraging. Uh, let's... I think we the cadre conversation has been pretty well established at this point this offseason. So we can keep moving here. And I want to talk about two players I don't think we the three of us underrate on this podcast but I'm curious more the rest of Colorado and more so outside of Colorado is there a bit of an underrating of Val Nachushkin and Tyson Jost which it's weird that we just kind of talk about them as a single unit at this point also but they're pretty much joined at the hip in Colorado these days. So look, their on ice results were just too dominant. Yep. Uh, during the regular season, and even even in the St. Louis series, they smashed. They were just fine. Yep. You know, they just kept going. Uh, they got chewed up against Vegas, uh, which that was a good reason why Val this Val Nachushkin for Selkie talk is silly to me. He's a third line player playing and he excels against third line competition. He's great at what he does, but you can't elevate him. And we saw the same thing with Tyson Jost. There was a hard ceiling there. Maybe, you know, maybe one of these guys continues to improve and they keep chipping away and get a little closer to all that potential when both guys got drafted 10th overall. But I think, I think the current versions of them are really, really good. I don't know about, underrated league-wide. I think Nachushkin, I mean, he finished eighth in the Selkie voting or something. Like, I think he's getting... He probably gets more love than he genuinely deserves um, as a defensive forward just because he's his comp- his competition is not good. Like, he's he's chewing up third-line, third- and fourth-line guys. 
Um, doing a great job in the role that he's being given. He's excelling in that. But I don't know. Um, Jost, I, Jost has been such a name that people are familiar with for so many years now yeah. that I don't, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that he would really be underrated anymore. I mean, he's so misunderstood by the the fan base, the Avs fans themselves. I mean, you, Gary Thurner makes burner accounts on Twitter just to tweet at the Avs about it. Like, there are people out there in the Avs fan base that just can't stand the guy. So I would say misunderstood more than underrated for Jost. Yeah, I don't think either are really underrated, especially there that was the when Ottawa wrote about Kadri being traded there, one of the league executives said Jost is coming along nicely. They can they can replace Kadri with him and it's like no. Is that how people think of him around the league? Yeah, no really. One, no one would really say that here. Yeah. So, I think he still has that first round pick shine around the league um, and he's just now starting to really realize it so I wouldn't really say he's underrated and then Nachushkin has been an analytical darling for two years now so yeah I'm not sure I'd say either is underrated it is tough to kind of find any more underrated guys on the Avs when they're just that good and got recognition this year so that would that would be my next question is who is the most underrated Av? I, relatively, like, sure. You can say that no one on Colorado is particularly underrated, but who would you take? Might honestly be Philip Grubauer. Like, he put together a Vezna-caliber season, and he was awesome in the postseason right up until the start of Game 4. And then he wasn't. <laughs> and, like, he plays, he plays, he plays good to great in their first seven postseason games and then is varying degrees of mediocre to bad in the last three. Yeah. I always I always hate saying he was bad in game five because he wasn't. He was just one save shy. But he was bad in game six. He was <laughs> legit bad in game six. And it just seems like it undone it, it just undid an entire season where he had been a rock for the Avs. They could not play their backup goaltender. The almost If you go and look at their schedule, almost all of their backup goaltender games until Grubauer was out with COVID were against either LA or Anaheim. Most of which on back-to-backs. Yeah, and they almost all of them were back-to-backs related. Like, they just would not play a backup. And Grubauer was... He rocked and rolled. Like, yeah. he, he was their... He was... So good for them this year. And then he was great in the first round against St. Louis. He was really good those first. He, he was almost the number one reason that they were up, th- that they were five minutes from being up 3 nothing against Vegas. And, I, and, and when you talk about it, like uh, we, when people talk about the abs, it's always, do they have a goalie? And we talk, I mean, we even we talk about it because he did he did play so poorly at yeah. the end of the Vegas series. But how much does that undo everything else that he did? Great, great season, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's, it is just tough to think of an underrated play. I'm just thinking of people. Obviously, he's overpaid. He gets played too much at times, but that's not his fault. JT Comfort's still an NHL player, and there are a lot of people out there that think he, and my mentions at least, that he does not belong in the NHL and things like that. And Dude, the, the hate that he gets where it's like, okay, well, he doesn't drive play. Did you know you can still be a good NHL player if you don't drive play? Jonas Donskoy doesn't really drive play either, and yet he produces. Yeah. So it, but, I, Comfer, and Comfer had just an awful year. Yeah, uh, well, I think that's the conversation with Comfer especially is, you know, we could get 20 games into next year and say, yeah, last year was his career low. Yeah. That, well, is that not that's not who he is as a player that we've known before that. And if he proves in the coming years that that's not who's going to be consistently, then yeah, definitely could be underrated right now. Well, it always comes down to role. Like I think the Avs had their best run this year when he was, when that fourth line was O'Connor, Belmar, Comfer, because he was in a role where he fit, like he could just play his game. He had speed. He was on the wing. He wasn't playing center. And he kind of bounced back from that awful start to the year. And then if you look at his production after he got hurt to when he came back, it was pretty pretty much what it's been his whole career. So mm-hmm. he just had a really awful start to the year. And then the playoffs, I mean, we all know JT Comfort's not a second-line center. It's not his fault that he's being put in that role. He's still, a, he's still an NHL player. And you know what? He did better than Tyson Jost did in that Vegas series. In handling his business, and we all want to give Tyson Jost credit for elevating and for holding his own and all that, but like Tyson Jost, analytically speaking, got destroyed against Vegas. JT Comfort treaded water. Like the guy, the guy held his own, and I would I would agree with you that at this point he might be a little underrated because of the way because of the perception. Because of because of exactly what you said, Evan, that, that there are some people out there that make it sound like he doesn't even belong in the NHL. And he's very clearly an NHL caliber player. He, you know, there are just some pretty clear problems there. There are some faults there. His usage is not his fault. Him being put into a position where he's not very good, that's a how is that on him? Like that's a that's a Jared Bednar problem, and his usage of JT Comfer is easily one of the first things that you can criticize. So, analytically speaking, your balls look a hundred percent better when they're manscaped. I really thought that you were going to transition this into a sixty-man pileup that you had earlier, (laughs) and you just blew right through it. No, didn't. Don't need that. You talk about the analytics of balls and make sure that they belong in the bedroom, looking good. All right. That's where this is going. Balls. Yep. Aerodynamics, shape, tone, all of it. (laughs) Get it looking good with Manscaped. Use code DNVR20 when you check out to get 20% off and free shipping. (laughs) Pubes for 60 is zero. (laughs) (laughs) Get the Lawnmower 4.0 to do all the trimming you need. It works everywhere, not just on your balls. Jump on it. Get all of their other awesome products as well. They have shavers for your face. They have toner. They have deodorant. They have breath mints. They have shave mats. Whatever you need as far as taking care of your body, making it look fresh below and above the belt. 
you're good to go with Manscaped. Also brought to you by Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business for a long time now. Local diehards as well. Rates are ridiculously good if you can afford a house right now. So great time to get in on it as far as rates are concerned. And Mike is also a certified financial planner. So they will look at your entire financial picture when it comes to getting the right home loan for you. Check them out at dnvrmortgage.com. You can also sign up for a free chance to win some DNVR merch as well as a free consultation. You can also call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. And of course, we also have Green Mountain Dental Group, the best family dentist in the Denver metro area, over in Lakewood, just 15 minutes from downtown. When you sign up for a cleaning, x ray, and exam, you can get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth. We've had lots of people switch over to them and say they do a great job. So if you're looking for a new dentist, Green Mountain Dental is the place to go. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Also be sure to like and subscribe to the video here on YouTube. That helps us out a bunch, especially the likes. Gets us in the algorithm a little bit. Chat, we might need your help for this for this segment. We were talking before the show, and we are struggling to come up with underrated players around the league on the whole, um, especially ones that we haven't already talked about. AJ threw Sam Reinhardt's name out there. Um, oh, that was just me being cheeky. I know. Because I was busy dunking on Meeks' stupid fucking opinion that he's not any good. <laughs> the The point I wanted to make there is... Is it is it easy to kind of just pick the bones of terrible hockey teams when it comes to picking underrated players that are stuck? Like I'm sure Evan would say, after this year, Rasmus Dahlin has a, has a lot more to give than what we saw from him in Buffalo. Yeah, and actually, it's funny you mentioned a first overall pick because the guy I was going to mention was Nico Hischer, who's another first. Yeah, a good pick, who's a good player. Probably most years wouldn't have been a first overall pick. And has had a lot of injury troubles, but he's still a good player. And he's just kind of stuck in a really that – t- that team is weird to me. I don't I, – I just – they're so boring that I think a lot of people just don't watch them. And I think he's a good player. And he's underrated because of where he was picked. All right. Which is weird to hear. But he's just overlooked because, you know, people expect so much from a first overall pick. And he maybe hasn't produced that yet. A fair argument. Uh, chat is absolutely all over the board. Zach Aston <laughs> Reese, Nikolai Ehlers, Elias Lindholm, Nedelkovic. I don't even know Nedelkovic's first name. Bovillier, uh, Kessel. <laughs> you don't know Alex Nedelkovic? That's Alex. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just knew him as Nedelkovic. I, I don't know. You just, Ned is his only name. Yeah, I, I have only room for <laughs> one name if it looks like that. All right. <laughs> like a like a Brazilian soccer player that is putting <laughs> Ned on his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's exactly right. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, chat, you're not helping. These, these are <laughs> you're just throwing random names out at this point. It feels like I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> uh, I follow Nylander Yamamoto. I do. I do think that you had a good point though. Of when we look at underrated players, we typically talk about Weaker guys games. on bad teams. Yeah. 
like Oliver Ekman Larson was like everybody's favorite underrated player for a solid like five years. And then he stopped being any good and started making $8 million. And it was all of a sudden now it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't trade for that guy. You don't want anything to do with, with, with OEL. He is super not good. And now Jacob Chikrin is like the new bee's knees. <laughs> and like it's Jacob Chikrin. player on Arizona, basically. <laughs> Jacob Chikrin had a great year, right? Yeah. And, and is like... He finally stayed healthy and took a big step forward and shot a comical percent. But he also finished top ten in Norris voting. So yeah, and it was it's it's just funny that that's where like you look at so many of the oh these guys are under and it's like yeah a- there's a- like a- pulling guys off bad teams. AJ would hold this pod hostage if we underrated Zach Whitecloud. So. Yeah, he wouldn't allow it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll throw a name out there, I guess. Not a terrible team, but we talked about how old they are. But Rupe Hints, I like that guy. I think he's he's really good. He, he's. I did not expect him to what he was doing to be repeatable. but The year that he had with him not being healthy for a single fucking minute of this season yep. was so impressive. He was so impressive this year. It, so I'm, yeah, I the, the going back to the bad team. Yeah, that was on a team. Dallas was falling apart around that dude. So, <laughs> yeah, I think um, the Kings actually have a really good one in Matt Roy. Ooh, I really, one. I really like, I really like Matt Roy. And, you know, on, on a lesser scale, I also really like Mikey Anderson. Um, yeah. I watched Anderson got analytically he got eaten up by Nathan McKinnon, but watching them one on one, and I thought Mike Anderson held his own on a number of uh, of occasions when it was just one on one, and it wasn't like the the line mates weren't considered the you know the 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 situated the five on five wasn't considered and. You aren't you aren't considering any of of the way that we get the analytics that we use to to rate players. I really liked what Mike Anderson did one on one against against McKinnon. I thought, boy, I think L.A. between Matt Roy and Mikey Anderson might have a couple of really interesting guys back there. I don't know where those ceilings are, but I think they're both. I think they both have really solid futures. Well, when it comes to to someone like Mikey Anderson, too, this is a twenty two year old drafted in the fourth round. And had what twenty NHL games under his belt, and they're like, "Here you go, bud. You get Nathan McKinnon." <laughs> well, and he played next to Drew Doughty all year. Yeah, like that. Hey, play on our top line against a guy or with next to a guy that might be in the Hall of Fame someday. Yeah, yeah. Chad mentioned him. I was going to mention Ferraro and San Jose. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't think of his name year. before I saw it in the chat, but um, plus I listened to Thirty One Thoughts when he was on there. He seems like a super interesting guy. You know, uh, another shark that stuck, stood out to me at the end of this year was um, Alexander Barabanov. If only because Mark Mosier couldn't say his name correctly. But <laughs> it was, it was he, he was all over the place for them. He was one of the only guys that could do anything against the Evs. And he stood out a lot to me. I will be curious to see, as a late bloomer, 
what becomes of him. It, uh, another interesting one, I think, in chat. Is it? Can we officially call it the Neil Pionk trade now instead of the Jacob Truba trade? Because, I mean, look, I don't think a lot of people were picking Pionk to be the better defenseman in that deal. Definitely. Um, Pionk has definitely been a, a very pleasant surprise for the Jets. I'll be curious to see if that keeps up what, what he looks like when he stops getting top power play run sure and you know they kind of find a dude you know whether that be billy hanala uh, or dylan sandberg or somebody else you know duncan keith is supposedly getting traded out west <laughs> maybe he ends up there um i i think that pionk has been a really pleasant surprise i think he's a fair addition to that list as an as a just an underrated guy around the league. <laughs> uh, I mean, Logan Stanley was a serviceable NHLer, which is more than I thought he was going to be. So I guess that counts for something, Brad. But Dominic Toninato had a game-winning goal in the postseason this also year. True. So. It, there's some crazy things happen. <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, I yeah. can't hear his name now without thinking of your family. He's fast and furious. Dom. <laughs> Dom. He's a family. <laughs> Go anywhere with your family. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of good teams with underrated players. I'm trying to think of Montreal and Tampa. I'm really struggling with Tampa to think anyone on that team is underrated. I, I mean, everybody, everybody loves Blake Coleman, right? Like, he's going to be a free agent. The Avs will give him a phone call. He fits their style. He's a really good player. He's he's had a really good couple of years. Like Blake Blake Coleman is I I don't know that we could call him underrated anymore, but he's been one of those really, really good important middle of the roster guys that elevates a team to a different to a different level. Yeah, I'm sure Montreal is gonna have a bunch of guys come up in this at some point just because of how they've elevated. Uh, Brendan Gallagher for years has been a really good player that maybe hasn't gotten recognition. I think analytically he's like beloved. Um, I like Joel Armia a lot. I just like him as a player. He's not like a fancy player. Yoel. Oh, is that how you say it? Sorry. Really? No, it's okay. I, it's, every time Every time the announcer says it, I'm like, are you yelling at him? Because it sounds like he's going, Yoel. And I'm like, is his nickname L? I just anyway. <laughs> I I agree with you. I think Army is awesome. I really like him. So yeah, I mean it, it's just hard to, especially on Tampa Bay. I, I don't know how you can find anyone underrated on a team that's yeah. about to go back to back. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. Eric Chernak gets proper burn. Yeah, yeah. I I like Chernak Chernak quite a bit, but I don't think he's underrated. It's mm-hmm. Yoel Neck. <laughs> Paul, uh, like Paul Byron was on waivers this year. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I don't know. There's there's some tough guys on that Montreal roster. And when you look at it, you're also like, this is why I pick against them every round. Right. <laughs> yeah, this makes zero sense unless Carey Price actually stands on his head every night. Yeah, yeah. Nick Suzuki, 
Nick Suzuki looks really good. Suzuki though. looks awesome. Dude. Not underrated. Yeah. Nick, Nick Suzuki burning Vegas was so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just felt like it was like the one thing that, that Vegas doesn't have. It's like that high-end center. And it's just like... Uh, just watching watching him eat them up, Just I thought that was incredibly funny. Uh, Adam Lowry is one of my favorite three C's in the league. I, if he wasn't so entrenched in Winnipeg, I would push. For, I would push for that guy constantly. And Andrew Cop, same thing. I really like Andrew Cop. I'm not a big Cop fan. I uh, <laughs> like him more than Victor Mete. To be fair, um, Cop. I think uh, Cop. I want to put in kind of the JT Comfort class of player. Yeah, that's fine. I'd be okay with that. Where I really like what they do. Um, I don't the, know that... It's the exact section of player in the NHL that, at least before the flat cap, always got overpaid. It, well, yeah. Yeah. And Cop has a problem staying healthy. Yep. So. I'll slander Mete all day. If only because... <laughs> Uh, Victor, when Victor Mete and Sam Gerard were rookies, everybody from Montreal was like, Mete's so much better. <laughs> Mete's the real deal. Sam Gerard sucks. And he went 100 games okay. without scoring a goal. <laughs> yeah. AJ's favorite, Mason Appleton. Yeah. I'm, I've been very vocal about my fandom of Mason Appleton. JT Miller got heart votes. I don't think he's <laughs> underrated. Yeah. J, 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 JT Miller is. He's very good. Um. Anyway, are there just just to just to to flip this on? Is, is there anybody on the other side of this conversation that you feel strongly about? Is there anybody that overrated. really feel is like overrated? Like like people think this guy is actually good, not a not not like a oh this guy you know everybody kind of agrees like an OEL everybody agrees that guy's wildly overpaid at this point. Is there anybody out there that you really believe is, like, truly, genuinely, like, overrated? Last year, I would have said Kopitar, but he popped off this year, so... <laughs> um, Ristolainen is a decent answer, I think. Um, for overrated? or Shine kind of came off. Good? The, yeah, I, <laughs> this is the thing with Risto, is that the only people who think he's good are Buffalo coaches. <laughs> I guess these days, a couple of years ago, there was a lot more shine on him. But well, when he was scoring like twenty goals a year or whatever it was, it's like, look, it, you could kind of the Tyson Berry thing. Like, yes, you're you're you've got some you've got some real problems analytically here that need to be addressed. But when you score that much, like you have you some kind it. of value. Yeah, for sure, you have some kind of value. That's actually my answer. It's Mark Stone. <laughs> Yeah, I'd buy that. I think Mark Stone is a tremendous two-way player. Offensively, yeah. I think I think offensively, you watch him be so goddamn mediocre throughout that entire postseason. I'm, I just it was interesting to me, um, and it's like. He's had three playoff runs in Vegas, and two of them, he has been high scoring, and this one, he just was not. And I think he's the number one reason that they're sitting at home right now, is that he could not elevate his game at all. Like, that dude had a, that dude 
got outscored in the postseason by Kale McCarr. He he had as many points in the playoffs as Brandon Saad. Yep. Like, he, sh- he showed up in important moments in the Av series, but he, he really he really didn't. He had he had he had the overtime goal in game five was it. That is the like notable. That is the thing that's, that Mark Stone that's did. That's pretty important. It was, but that's you're talking about a six game series where if 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 Ryan Graves doesn't pull dipshittery like what he did, do are we like? It wasn't a great play by Mark. Like Mark Stone got he scored on a free breakaway that Ryan Graves handed to him by being a moron. So it like it it just. You know, like I that was my problem with Mark Stone this entire postseason is that it felt like every good thing that he did was either the result of somebody else doing something stupid and him just being in the right spot or capitalizing on something that his teammates did really well. And then you look at and you look at uh what one of the, the overtime the overtime goal one of the overtime goals that the Canadians scored started with Mark Stone being a lazy bitch in the neutral zone and turning the puck over, and then not getting back. He took, like, three strides through the neutral zone and shut it down and watched as the guy he should have been marking scored in front of the net and then breaks his stick because he's mad about it. And it's like, bro, you should be mad at yourself more than anything. You turned it over and then watched your guy score because you you either were too tired and had too long of a shift or you just didn't work hard enough to get back. It was it was rough to watch because everybody loves him and he's he's a really good player but his his postseason performance really really turned me off of him. All right. I'll, I'll say an answer that'll make AJ mad. I think I mean Saros is overrated after this year. Um and it, it, not- it, it would it would depend on where you want to put him like after the year that he had, I think it would people will probably overrate him a touch because I don't think he does it again to that level. But I I want to see where he ends up. You know, like I've always liked UC Soros, but well, is he going to be a nine thirty five goaltender or whatever? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I think he. I expect a progression back to league average, especially as Nashville's defense gets older and potentially worse. Yeah, uh, in expansion, but. Does anyone still think Tory Krug is good? Because that oh jeez, that was awful. rough. Yeah, that, I don't think anyone's overrating him. He's just bad now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that might have been my pick. It's just hard to pick. I don't like picking overrated and underrated stuff, but picking overrated players is really hard. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I somebody put me on the spot earlier this year, and I was like Sebastian Aho, and it was like. <laughs> Sebastian Ajo's great. I love watching him play, but I think he gets talked about as an elite center, and he's more like the Ryan O'Reilly very good center. And he's defensively, I think he's way overrated, but I felt bad about it because I'm like, I really like Sebastian Ajo. He is. He's awesome. So... Definitely anyway. a tough question there. That's why we, we went with underrated in the title, not overrated. But, uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess we can wrap up the show now. Y'all's final thoughts on uh, underrated players or, or around the league. 
what to what to watch for on players on the come up, things like that. Looking forward to Duncan Key getting traded. Oh yeah, well, just that's gonna be fun. Trades in general. Yeah, let it begin. Most fun part. So that's why I'm kind of like with AJ. Like I know people could trade now. Season's still going, but it's almost like yeah, let's just get this over with. Let's get to the wacky season. Yep, we are. We're officially in July. um, So I don't know. It might be not next week. Maybe the week after, but. Pretty soon we're going to have to ask for y'all's uh, be a GM opinions. We might have to do some crowdsourced expansion draft stuff. Going to be interesting coming up um, in a couple weeks. I think I think we should be doing that pretty soon here. Yeah, next week maybe, if not yeah. certainly the week after. Anybody, anybody have a really strong opinion right now? On what? About what Colorado specifically should do? For just the off season in general, yeah, and I don't mean resign own players. That's not any fun. Yeah, yeah, that. I mean, I still want Sam Reinhardt, but oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Are we talking realistically here? I don't know. Um, we won't be back in the bar. I won't be back in the bar until uh, the week of the expansion draft. Yep, because I'm in Canada. And that, when you're in the bar, it's just going to be, we're going to put the laptop there. <laughs> you be talking yeah. through it. <laughs> you guys are welcome to go to the bar whenever you want. <laughs> Have at it, fellas. <laughs> I'm in quarantine, so. Do it PTI style. Yeah. You know, can I Can I just add, it is so, like, when we, when the world shut down and we were all going through quarantine at the same time, it was, it was really bizarre. But as an introvert, I was kind of set up for it. Video gaming and staying at home and not seeing other... Oh, I don't have to be awkward socially? Holy shit! (laughs) But now that I just started to get back to living a normal life, going out regularly, not thinking about masks, driving from Denver to Winnipeg was fascinating. Because when I was in Colorado, there were still mask mandates in certain places. You still had to put on a mask when I would go into certain gas stations or establishments or whatever. And then (laughs) as I got further and further into Nebraska and then up into the Dakotas, wasn't even a thing. It was like, it just never existed. And then you get to the Canadian border and it takes me half an hour at the Canadian border as they rip my life apart. And I get here and I have to go into a two week quarantine I've been tested for COVID twice. P.S. Still don't have it. Uh, and and it's just such a different world. It's so weird to go through the extremes like this. And it is it is really hot. Yeah. It's going to be 100 <laughs> degrees in Winnipeg on Saturday. Kill me. Right. Well. That's why you hear a fan in the background. is because we don't have AC in this house. And it's really hot. <laughs> Okay. Uh, On that note, I guess we are out of here for the day. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the pod. We appreciate all of y'all a ton. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. I don't know. We might do a fun show. We might do something else. I'm not super sure what we have planned for Friday, but 1 p.m. We'll see you there. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later.